0: We are in a series called Faith Walk. In fact, today is the last week of that series. Faith Walk. We've been going through Genesis 12 through 17, watching Abram and Sarah do pretty well and make some pretty bad mistakes along the way as well, and we've been learning from it. Lord, what do you have for us? What can we learn from them? Faith Walk. Today uh, as the last sermon in this series, we're going to look at a God who promises and a God who covenants and how should that impact our faith walk. So uh, so let's get started. Did you know that in January of 2009, uh, President Obama was being sworn in and the Chief of Justice got before him, black robes and all, and they were going through the little ceremony thing that they do according to the U.S. Constitution, and he began to read, uh, much like you do kind of a marriage, uh, oath, you know, where you start and you say a phrase and then the person repeats after, right? That way they don't have to memorize the whole thing and choke on it, right? So he's being led through by the Chief Justice, and the Chief Justice started a phrase and he put kind of a pause in there where really it didn't necessarily belong, and it sort of threw President Obama off, and so he started repeating that part, really, He wasn't supposed to yet. And so now everybody's a little flustered and the chief justice kind of restarts it, that piece. And when he asks him to quote it, he says, say this, I will execute the office of president to the United States faithfully. And President Obama said that, and then they moved on. Here's the problem. The U.S. Constitution says, I will faithfully execute the office of presidents to the United States. The word faithfully was put in the wrong spot. Should have been the third word, not the last word. doesn't change the grammar. It doesn't change the meaning. What he said gets the same point across. It's close, right? It's it's there. Well, the lawyers flipped a lid that night as they were looking at and realizing, do you know anything that he now says could actually come back against us as, yeah, but he's not really the president. He didn't take the right oath. So the next morning, the chief of justice got dressed in black robes. And they got together in the White House and they walked it through again, this time with some witnesses there, making sure they absolutely said it exactly as it stands. Quote taken from the Constitution, now the president. Okay? Why? Because, quite frankly, words matter when it comes to contract. Words matter when it comes to a covenant. And with the Constitution of the United States, it's very important that you say what you're supposed to say. It says, this is what you'll say, then you're the president. You better say those words. Not a close approximation, those. Well, how much more is that true? When we start looking at our God of a covenant, a God who promises the words matter. And as we look at what he's saying, and as we look at what he's promising, we need to lean on every word and count on it. That is what it means to have a covenanting God And that's what it means to walk with them in the midst So today we're going to learn to walk with a covenant in God Turn with me if you will to genesis chapter 17 We have got the ushers coming forward and they've got bibles in their hands So if you don't have a bible, just raise your hand and we'll get one to you there. Okay, just raise your hand They'll get a bible to you Genesis 17 is where we're starting How can I have this faith walk the god who promises first step god's covenant is abundant so worship him god's covenant is abundant worship him all right let's just start right here in verse 1 it says of chapter 17 when abram was 99 years old the lord appeared to abram and said to him i am god almighty walk before me and be blameless that I may make my covenant between me and you and may multiply you greatly. Then Abram fell on his face. That's the start to this whole chapter. It's God discussing a few things with Abram and Abram absolutely falling in worship. Let's start right at the beginning here. It says, when Abram was 99 years old. Okay, everybody picture that now. You have that in your mind? 99 years old. All right. This was 24 years after the original promise. He was 75 when this whole thing started now. He's 99 Can you imagine that's patience? I mean last week we talked about waiting and remaining under 25 years and now God's beginning to unfold The finalities of the promise he's 99 years old As a matter of fact, if you just go back one verse into chapter 16, verse 16, it says, Abram was 86 years old when Hagar bore Ishmael to Abram. So we even have like 13 years that have passed in between those two verses. That's what's going on. A lot of waiting, a lot of trusting, a lot of hanging on. The promising God is at work. Okay, 99 years old. The Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, So once again, we have one of those moments where he's getting the very will of God shared with him through verbal communication. God said, I mean, we've been through this before. This is a unique moment. This is when we all need to take the deep gasp. (gasps) Right? Okay, do it with me. Ready? And the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, (gasps) okay, that's getting it. All right? Like you've got to be kidding The God of the universe is communicating with him personally, spiritually. Yes, but verbally. Yes. And he said, I am God almighty. I'm not really sure what kind of voice you're supposed to have when you're speaking for God, but (laughs) right. I am God almighty. Walk before me and be blameless that I may make my covenant between me and you and may multiply you greatly. Then Abram fell on his face. God is answering the 13 year wait. And He's saying, I am God Almighty. That's how He starts. Let me tell you one of my names. As a matter of fact, in the Hebrew, He's saying, my name is El Shaddai. So all of you who lived in the 80s and Amy Grant and Michael W. Smith, and you're now picturing the song, right? El Shaddai, right? That's the name that he pulls out here. Why? Because this is the name that says, I am God who can do anything. I am the God of unbelievable power. Are you ready to trust in me? That's where he's going. Because the next step I'm asking you, 99-year-old guy who we've been on a 25-year promise walk for quite a long time, and you haven't had a kid yet, yet I promise that, hang on, I can do Anything That's who I am I am God Almighty Here's my request Walk before me and be blameless Walk before me Notice it doesn't say walk beside me It doesn't say walk behind me It says walk before me Like I need you Out in front of me I'm caring for you I'm going to be watching over you I'm going to be protecting you But I am here and you are walking in front of there's a little bit of a faith description in that, isn't there? I mean, if you're out in front a little bit, you're kind of trying to figure out where you and where do you want to go next? And so there's a bit of communicating and checking and right. He's not basically he's not lifting up the follow me example here. He's lifting up the trust in me example here. Walk before me and be blameless. It's also I'm watching over and I'm going to be checking up on be blameless this word here Probably not best defined as be perfect That would be one of those. Hey, here's my request of you do the impossible Remember if you go back to genesis 15, it says abraham believed god And it was counted unto him as righteousness He's saying be blameless have a single-minded heart for me Be passionate in your faith for me. Go after me with all you've got. Be blameless in your heart. He says right after it, that I may make my covenant between me and you and may multiply you greatly. There are going to be a lot of little you's running around. Trust me, there's going to be a nation. I know you've had one son and you're 99 years old. Trust me, nation. That's where we're going. I am going to multiply you greatly. Abram fell on his face. Worshiping the Almighty. The authority. The presence. The, I can't believe you're talking with me. The the depth of the promise. Getting to know him as the Almighty God. All these things coming together to say, it's time to worship. Okay, four ways that we can worship God fully. Four ways that we can worship God fully. Number one is posture That's what we see going on here, right? He fell on his face He he was sprawled out before him saying you are in charge. It's not about me. It's about you Pasture we have a choice in the midst of pasture To say i'm involved and invested or i'm not we can do this, you know And it looks like you couldn't care less And you got to picture him On his knees, but more than on his knees, on his face, in a posture that says, You're unbelievable. It's all about you. This is a posture that you and I should be taking, not just metaphorically. Like, when's the last time you were on your face before the Almighty? We have a chance to take that posture daily and regularly. Saying Lord you're in charge Maybe it's raising your hands Like I'm trusting in you And I'm lifting everything I have up to you Or, or maybe it's bowing your head Because you're saying Please forgive me and, I, and I'm humbly putting myself before you And I'm casting my eyes downward Not up to you Because you're amazing And your posture says a lot about your worship Let your physical posture Be a part of your worship More than that though Your attitudes Make sure that you're thinking the right way you know, when you got to wait 13 years to hear from God. How's your attitude, right? And, and when something's not going all that well, and you wish it was going a little bit better, do we say, praise God, I, I just love being stretched every day, and I'm so thankful, right? Or do we say, come on, and, and then we start our little temper tantrum, right? We go our own little momentary offshoot, and we're like, I'm over here in me world, please, and and what's going on? Please forgive me. And, and then we're trying to get attitude of worship is you're in charge, Lord. You own it all. You are the open armed, giving, lavishing God. And now my arms are open back to you saying, I don't know what's coming next. And, and quite frankly, this hurts right now. But I'm trusting you because you promise all things work together for good to them that love them. I'm leaning on you, Lord. I'm looking to you, Lord. Attitude. It's a big part of worship. Words, it's a big part of worship. What are we saying? What are we saying thanks for? How are we looking towards him? How are we recognizing him? How are we saying, God, you get the glory. God, I'm trusting you. You are El Shaddai in my life. It's our posture. It's our attitudes. It's our words. It's our actions. Everything we do is a worship statement. Did you know that? Everything we're a part of is a worship statement what we do with our spare time what we do with our thinking what we do with our Job investments what we do with our cash flows what we do with our everything says am I worshiping you or am I worshiping me? That's where we're at How are your actions doing? I mean gut check? How are you planning your time? It gets busy around Christmas (laughs) Right things go crazy and it's not wrong to go to christmas parties. Like i'm not i'm not i'm worshiping jesus I'm, not going to christmas parties, right? I'm not saying that it's it's lord. Let me worship you in the midst of oh great another party Wonderful. That's perfect. And then we walk in and we're like hi. How are you, right? That's not really worship It's lord. Help me have the right attitude in the midst of Where i'm at to lift you up both privately and publicly Our actions, our words, our posture, our attitudes, that's how we worship. This was a moment where we see Abram dropping in full-bore worship of the Almighty. Now he says right after it, it says, Abram fell on his face and God said to him, now here we go. This is the covenant from God's perspective, okay? This covenant that he's describing, he's saying, I want you to understand some things about this covenant that I'm going to do. He says, Behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be the father of a multitude of nations. You're going to have a lot of people underneath you, a lot of kids, a lot of grandkids, a lot of great caring kids, and so on and so on. You're going to be the father of a multitude of nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be Abraham. The second piece to this covenant is a name change. I told you there's gonna be a lot of people. We're gonna name you accordingly. Abram. Or if you say it in the Hebrew, it's Avram. It means the exalted father. It's actually looking backward towards his father, Terah. It's saying, what a great dad I had. Don't, wouldn't you love to name your kid that? What'd you name your kid? Wow, my dad's great. Right? That's, that's kinda of what his name meant. Alright? Now if you go one step further, now he's saying your name needs to be Avraham. It means I am the father of a multitude of people. Okay. Abraham. It's this awesome Hebrew. Say it with me. Right. Abraham. Right. And if you say it real Hebrew, you got to get the huh sound in there. Right. So it's Abraham. So try it with me. Avraham. Okay. Welcome to Hebrew. That's lesson 101. Right. It's this name that says, I am the father of many. Okay. He has one kid. Imagine what it's like after he comes out of this little meeting with god. He's had this special one-on-one He comes out He's kind of got this different complexion about him. This whole perspective looks different and he's talking to someone and they're like Hey, abram, what do you think of oh no, no, no My name is now abraham. I am the father of many (laughs) Many what (laughs) did you have one kid? What are you talking about? Can you imagine that next year as he was trying to describe and then he has one more son and he's like I am the father of many and they're like two Right. This is a long-term promise being taken in his name And as he claims that name and each day teaches people to recall him differently They are now recognizing the promise as well the father of a multitude of nations Abraham for I have made you the father of a multitude of nations And then he keeps going with the promise here, if I can get my page turned. It will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make you into nations. And now here's the third piece. And kings shall come from you. You are going to be so large and so vast, you are going to have kingship coming from within your bloodline. And I will establish my covenant between me and you and your offspring after you throughout their generation for an everlasting covenant. Oh, yeah. Did I tell you that this thing's never going to be broken? Complete and forever. Kings and people and your name changed and never changing. Oh, yeah. And some more there. To be God to you and to your offspring. I am going to be your God. That's a moment we need to ponder. You could actually preach a series on that alone. He is my God. That's what Abram gets to say. That's what we get to say. He is my God. He cares about what's going on. He's invested in what's taking place. He has a passion and an involvement with me to be God to you. And then in verse eight, and I will give to you and to your offspring after you, the land of your sojournings, all the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession There will be property as a piece to this covenant and it's going to be yours Israel the land of Canaan is yours physical Israel And then last and I will be their God not just yours Abram, but all of your people I'm open to being their God. That's where I'm at That's the covenant that God promised as he makes a deal if you will it's a one-sided deal in Genesis 12, he said, this is what I'm doing. And he's going about this covenant with him. We we have a chance to have a relationship with the Almighty, to have a relationship with this covenanting God. And we're going to talk more in the second point about how this promise to Abraham means anything to us. It We have a chance to know him personally and deeply and have him invested in our lives. You know, a couple weeks back, we were... Uh, teaching through and we got to uh the part in genesis where abram is dealing with his first fruits and he's giving back to god and we talked about how god is this open-armed god who lavishes upon you and i had somebody come up to me last week and say that message really ripped me i mean i really sat down and had to think out am i thinking like an open-armed individual or am i closed up holding it for me Trying to figure out what's best for me And I realized I was kind of holding on to me And so I went home and I said it's all yours Lord I'm giving it all over to you Whatever you want done And this person was in the midst of some dealings That needed to take place with Selling a home and a few other things And it, and it was in a matter of days That he was getting answers back of possible purchasers And things were moving all of a sudden He's like it wasn't moving before And now it is And, and he had tears in his eyes And he just said I'm telling you this when you open your arms up to God, wow, does He change your life? And sometimes it's the physical things changing around you, and sometimes it's people coming to know Him deeper and more real in your family life, and sometimes it's just you coming to know Him better. But God at work, God covenanting and promising in your life. My question is, how's your worship? How are you doing with posture? And with attitude and with words and with actions in saying, Lord, you've got me. You are a God who's promising all you have for me. I'm giving my life to you. I'm opening myself up to you and I want to worship you with all I've got. May my time, may my treasures, the things that I own, may I be sharing those out with you, Lord. May all that I have be yours. That's worship. When we have a God who promises all, we need to be giving our all to him in reflection. It's just thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. I'm amazed with what you are and who you are. You are El Shaddai. May you move in my life, all-powerful one. I'm listening to you. I'm giving you everything I have. How are you doing with that? Maybe let's do it this way. This week, what's one piece of the worship that you can work on? Posture, or attitudes, like posture, that's easy. I'll just lay on the floor for a while. Real worship, like what can I do to really put my life in alignment with him this week? Maybe it's words or maybe it's actions. What's the next step for you to improve your worship of your covenanting almighty God? So that's our first step in the walk. It's worship him. Second, God calls us to demonstrate our faith. Have a heart for him. God calls us to demonstrate our faith. So have a heart for him. You know, we're going to start here in verse 9. And uh, we're just going to see what God calls the other side to. We just heard what his plan was. Now he's calling the other side to respond. Verse 9. And God said to Abraham, notice it's now Abraham, right? I'm changing your name and it starts now, right? That's what was going on. So, and God said to Abraham, as for you, you shall keep my covenant, you and your offspring after you throughout their generations. This is my covenant, which you shall keep between me and you and your offspring after you. Every male among you shall be circumcised. You shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskin, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and you. Uh, okay. Yes, we're going to preach on circumcision now. Okay. Uh, so, maybe here's the first question. Uh, why? Really? Why is that the choice? And, and can we please get off of this subject now? Thank you. Right? And I can only tell you this let's read a little bit more here. It says verse 11 You shall be circumcised in the flesh It shall be a sign of the covenant between me and you And then he says he who is eight days old among you shall be circumcised every male throughout your generations Whether born in your house or brought with, bought with your money from any foreigner who is not of your offspring Both of he who is born in your house and he who is bought with your money shall surely be circumcised So shall my covenant be in your flesh An everlasting covenant So let's just look at this at a little bit higher level why in the world choose this mode, okay? and I can tell you i've done a bunch of studying this week and There's a lot of opinions and none of them are actually tied exactly to scripture because god doesn't say here's why I chose this But I can tell you this if you look carefully at the passage We have a couple of things where we have to mirror in this it says everlasting so whatever we choose covenant wise to implicate on our body, however, we do this, it needs to last for as long as we're alive. Okay, so everlasting the uh, in other words, don't just say, well, I'm cutting my hair. That's not everlasting that lasts three weeks and then you need to cut your hair again, right? So it's it's this idea of I'm going to do something. It has to mirror the everlasting. There's another part to it, though. It says that this covenant is to you. And to your offspring So as we go through this It has to somehow reflect on the fact That it's about all those included In the offspring element And it's going to be for eternity It's going to be forever And so the choice here is somehow something That will impact and reflect that And that's where God went with it Okay, That's the best explanation I can give you And I'm moving on Alright I want to make sure though that we understand something It says here in verse 11 it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and you It shall be a sign of the covenant notice this. It is not the covenant It is a sign of the covenant Does everybody hear the difference? It's meant to be a pointer towards like this is a model of this reflects the covenant that we're a part of It's a sign of you know, there were actually two views towards circumcision one was circumcision was all it took and That's it. You're like a full full full-bred Jew. Now you're ready to go. You're in God's covenant The other was no it took this fleshly physical, but it also took heart You needed to have a heart in alignment with them. Now, there were those who just wanted to create the physical only piece because really they didn't want to put their heart in alignment with God. They wanted to do whatever they wanted and get whatever they wanted. But we've heard the talk about a remnant that shall be saved, and there were myriads that didn't go. Maybe a way to say it is this. You had to have the physical circumcision, but you also had to have the circumcision of the heart. Okay, a circumcision of the heart. And you're like, you just made that up. No, actually, I didn't. Uh, Deuteronomy 10, 12 through 17 it says the circumcision of the heart is what you need no stubbornness walk with him love him and serve him in the midst of deuteronomy the book that's still part of the law you need to have a circumcision of the heart as well as of the flesh that's what he's saying a circumcision of the heart you need to be able to not be stubborn have your heart transformed by knowing the almighty god jeremiah 44 4 says so circumcise yourselves Remove the foreskin of your heart. Please, guys, it's not just about the physical. That's just a sign. It's about your heart being on fire for the Almighty. It's not just about coming to church or checking the box on reading a Bible. Or Those are just things we do that are relationship with Him. And in this case, He had this covenant thing that was that much more important, and it's still just not about that. It's about your heart on fire for Him. Are you ready? To be on fire for him. Passionate and contagious and purposeful. And looking to him and hungry for him. And your eyes are tearing up and you're just like, that's what I want. That's who I want. That's my God. That's what he's talking about. Make sure that this is a reflection of where your heart's at. That's the covenant and the sign of the covenant. You know, remember... Abraham had that circumcision of the heart We talked about it already but Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness the circumcision of the heart Abraham believed and it was counted as righteousness. We need to have that heart of faith in trusting in our Lord God You have all of me. What do you want done? I'm trusting in you with all I've got The Neat part about this we're gonna go a little theological here for just a moment. Okay, you ready everybody putting on your theological hat need y'all looking up here Gotta get ready. We're gonna talk a little theology here for a moment. You ready? We have covenants in the old testament that are spoken about this one is called the abrahamic covenant okay, so Everybody can say the word Abrahamic. Go ahead. You can try it. Abrahamic. All right. That's the one covenant we've got. Okay. Now out of the Abrahamic covenant, there's this promise of kings and there's promise of land and there's promise of spiritual blessings and not just to them, but to all nations. Okay. That's the Abrahamic promise. Genesis 12, 15 and 17. Well, the promise of Kings, there's also another promise that comes through later, another covenant, and that's called the Davidic covenant. That's really a restatement of that portion. And it's saying there's going to be an unbelievable opportunity for the almighty's seed to come through abraham and to reign on that throne forever The davidic throne, but that's really just the promise of the kingship still the abrahamic thing extended Okay, or the land. Well, there's the palestinian covenant that comes later on and some promise of that territory but that's an extension of the abrahamic covenant. This abrahamic covenant is that now we have the spiritual blessings and the new covenant and this opportunity for us to trust in jesus christ and his shed blood and saying god i can't believe who you are please forgive me for my wrong and use your shed blood on the cross and the very shed blood of jesus who is a descendant of abraham the seed of abraham is now making available an opportunity for all the nations to be blessed can you see it So the abrahamic covenant has spiritual blessing and it says in there by the way all the nations are going to be blessed and abraham's like I have no idea how I guess i'm going to really touch a lot of people's lives, right? He doesn't know how it's going to happen, but how does it happen through the seed of abraham? jesus you and me and everyone can partake in the spiritual blessings of the abrahamic covenant Man, I just crafted that really carefully So I need you to hear it really well We can partake in the spiritual blessings of the Abrahamic covenant through Jesus Christ, our Savior, the seed of Abraham. Are you hearing that? What a promise Abraham was just getting. That you and me, thousands of years later... Can lean upon this new covenant with jesus christ and it brings us under the same covenant of spiritual blessings Note this we are not of the same lineage physically So we're not going to be landing the territory and we're not going to be part of the multitudes of nations and the kingship was coming from us You know, i'm not gonna have a king on israel. That's not gonna happen anytime soon in the harkness household, right? But I can have the spiritual blessings of knowing the almighty Okay, so a little covenant doctrine here abrahamic And we've got some spillouts into other ones. The new covenant is for you and me to participate in where we can be a part of the spiritual blessings. Blessed among all the nations because of our savior, Jesus Christ, the seed of Abraham. Amen. Amen. I know. Sometimes theology, they're like, amen, I guess. I don't know. I didn't write it down. I'm not sure I got it. Okay. We really have to make sure we grasp. That this thing has plan and purpose and intent. And the Abrahamic covenant, it means something to you and me today. We can look upon this moment and say, God is shaping my life. As he was talking to Abraham promises to him of spiritual blessing are what he's lavishing out upon all the nations through Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior. Who will reign as King of Kings and Lord of Lords who will be the fulfillment of this commandment in all ways shapes and forms. That's who we worship. Amen. Now that's where we're going. I'm telling you if we can land that we get worshiping him. We get letting our heart. Be following after him. It's Lord, may I passionately give you all that I have. You are my God, and I praise your name for it. That's covenant theology, and that's how we read through something talking about circumcision and actually learn what God's doing in the nations. You and me, a chance to have a lifetime relationship with Him. You know each and every week we talk to people who are wrestling with their position with God. Am I believing in him? am I trusting in him do i do i do I know him well and I mean, even this last week we were uh, I had a chance to sit and talk with somebody, and we just had a great little chat as we learned what it meant to give our all to him and and as I talked with with uh, this guy, we had a, a great talk on. God in our lives and how we give things up and we're a part of a church and it feels like we're sort of living the and yet Actually, I could say if I were to quote what I heard this week. It's you know Yeah, god, I guess i'll let you be in control now. Let me help you do that I've got it back And there's a moment where we really need to just hand it all over I had a great talk this week where the this person I was talking with actually said yeah I'd like to do that i'm handing it all over Lord, I'm not sure what it all means, and I'm sure I'm going to have to learn some more as we go along, but please take all of me right now. Someone accepted Christ. That's some awesome moments in the office. It's a great opportunity to see God move in people's lives. My question is, is he moving in your life? How are you doing with saying, I'm done battling. I'm done holding on and controlling. It's time for me to let go and give you my heart. With all I've got. Are you trusting in your Savior Jesus Christ. To be your almighty God. You know. This is the season. We talk it's Christmas season now. And Jesus Christ coming to earth. What's it all about? It's this moment. Of Abraham's seed. Through Jesus Christ the almighty. That's why we worship. In this season. And you have a chance to say. Lord please forgive me. For what I've done wrong. I know it's placed me. In a spot where I am eternally separated from you. Romans 3.23 and Romans 6.23. Please use your shed blood to replace what I owe. I want to declare you as Lord. And I want to believe in you with all I've got. Romans 10.9 and 10. It's time to put your whole In his hands. Not the part. And say Lord take me. Let's go on a faith walk. Are you ready for that faith walk? Maybe you've never made that commitment before. Then today's the day. Today's the time. Before you leave, get a hold of me. Get a hold of one of the pastors and and let's chat. And let's pray together if you want to do that right then and there. This is a time for you to say, God, I want you to take all of me, not a part of me. I want to worship you with all I've got. You get my whole, not my part. And if you've already been there and you've done that, then now's the time to say, Lord, help me renew. I constantly need to be renewing where I'm headed with you. I want you to have my all. Let's go after this. So first is worship. Second is give him your heart. And third, God does what he promises. Enjoy life with him. God does what he promises. Enjoy life with him. You know, let's just flip over to Genesis 21. can hear the pages rustling, so I'll hang on a sec. Genesis 21. Why skip here? Well, you know, there's a number of things that happens in Abrams and Sarah's life. And as Abraham starts to live out his life from chapter, really, 18 on, we see in 21 the consummation of some of God's promises. And I wanted to make sure we close the faith walk here. This is God lavishing upon his people. Chapter 21, verse 1, it says, The Lord visited Sarah as he had said. The Lord visited Sarah as he had said. In other words, I told you I was going to do it, so I did it, right? I'm the God who promises, you can count on me, as he had said. And the Lord did to Sarah as he had promised. Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age, at the time of which God had spoken to him. God said, here's what it's going to be a year ago, right? We see it back in chapter 20 and 19. He says, in the next year, you're going to have a son. Just that timing is exactly what happens. God said to Sarah, you are going to be the bearer of many nations. And God gives her the son. You're going to call him Isaac or in the Hebrew, Yitzhak. It means laughter. It means you're going to crack up on this one. I'm telling you, you're going to get the, the joke is humorous. It's huge. It's pretty, you're going to name your kid after it. That's what you're going to do. You're going to name your kid laughter because this thing is just so on. He goes on and he says to Abraham, Abraham called the name of his son who was born at him at that time, whom Sarah bore him, Isaac, laughter. And Abraham circumcised his son because he heard God clearly in chapter 17 and he did what he was asked. He circumcised and when he was eight days old as God had commanded him, Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Laughter was born to him. That alone should bring a little laughter. And Sarah said, God has made laughter for me. Everyone who hears will laugh over me. Not laugh at me, but will laugh over me. Isn't our God awesome? Look at the promise he made. Look at how he follows through. Hang on. Last week's message was wait and remain under. This week's message is because he lavishes it with all he's got. It doesn't necessarily mean promises of physical cash, please. We already talked about it. Change the channel if that's what you're hearing on TV. Stop listening to those messages. God is not promising everybody who follows him cash, okay? He's promising abundant life. He's promising a joy that cannot be beat anywhere. Are you ready to have laughter in your home? Joy with all you've got. That's what he's calling us to. He says right at the end, and she said, who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children, yet I have borne him a son in his old age. God is good. God promises. God follows through. We have an amazing Almighty God and he's at work in our lives as we go on this faith walk It's not a boy. I hope something works out. Okay It's he has promised to do the unbelievable in your life Are you ready to have laughter and joy in your home because of God at work in you? That's where we're headed i thought we could just close this way five promises that we can count on five promises that god has given us new testament style trusting in jesus christ promises number 1 everlasting life john 3:16 right for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him they shouldn't perish but have everlasting life we can have a life with him for all eternity Number two, absolutely nothing can separate us from that love that gives us everlasting life. Romans chapter 8, 37 to 39. No separation. I mean, the, the list is awesome, right? Neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, or powers, or things present, or things to come. Nothing is separating us from the love of God and Jesus Christ. Amen? That's our promise. We hold dearly to him for eternity. And he holds dearly to you for eternity. We can count on him. Number three, all things work together for good to them that love him, to them that are the called according to his purpose. Even the junk, even the pain, even the hurt, God is going to mastercraft that in your life to bring glory to him and joy to you. All things work together for good. Trust him. Walk with him. Remain with him. Count on him. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins for those times where we don't. We've got the absolute confidence of permanent relationship and forgiveness in him. A God who will look you in the eye and say, I forgive you and sweep you up close and hold you tight and dear for eternity. Nothing separating. And then the last one, he is coming again. We have a king and he is returning. We have a king and he is going to be establishing an eternal kingdom with you and me for all of eternity. If we trust in him as our savior, we have a coming king, a king of kings and Lord of lords who is going to reign victorious, who is going to put all right. And the description that comes there, I'm telling you, I'm already getting pumped about it. We're preaching it in the spring. We're coming after it. Who is this Jesus? Who is this compelling king and what life Can we have with him he is Returning and we are going to spend Eternity worshiping him Basking in the glory of Him never getting enough Constant joy and more joy The next day never able To tap it all out that's our God amen That's some promises to count on That's what we're talking about in the Faith walk may we recognize That we have a God of covenant His words matter He follows through He says what he says and he means what he means. He will do. And that God, we can count on and lean on with joy and with a heart of faith and with a passionate worship as we celebrate him day by day in our lives. Let's pray.